Justin Roman is best known for being on B96 with Styles, and he's now doing the MVP game on TV and a lot more, such as streaming, social media, other TV, and audio with Ken ZK. This is from a live stream that we did when Roman was still engaged to Ken ZK. Right before we started this, you said you're an open book. And what do you mean by that? I mean that I was on the radio here in Chicago since 2004. Before that, I had, uh, and even during it, I had a music career that was very public. Uh, me and my fiance, soon to be wife, are very, very public with our relationship. So uh, you would ask me like, oh, don't worry, I won't talk about personal stuff. And honestly, nothing's off limits. I, I'm an open book. Um, I live my life a certain way. I'm not like ashamed of anything. I don't have any big scandals or anything I don't want to talk about. But um, yeah, I mean, I I, I started early. Uh, I was in the public eye for a long time here in Chicago. And, you know, again, I have nothing you can't talk about or want to ask me. Like, I, I don't get offended easily. Like, I'm really an open book. I really do mean that. Well, that's probably why I really liked going to your show. Um, what is your TV show called? It's called the MVP Game uh, on the Marquee Sports Network, which is the Chicago Cubs TV network. And what is it? Like, uh, what do you do? It's a Chicago Cubs super fan game show. And it's kind of cool. Like, you know, obviously you, you'll talk about my fiance a lot in this podcast because she's a big part of my life. Kenzie, Kenzie K from uh, formerly of, of B96 and um, uh, soon to be from a different station that will announce very, very soon. But um, we have a brand together, Kenzie and Roman. So ultimately what was going on is she was doing the radio thing and I had taken a break from the radio thing. And our brand was starting to get a lot of steam when it came to like, just like videos, like basically social media videos and stuff. And, but we wanted more than that. You know, our, our ultimate goal is radio show, TV show, podcast. Like we really want to do a lot of stuff because I, I feel like we're good together. And uh, from what the people tell us, we're entertaining together. So ultimately we met with our agent and we're like, listen, like we want a TV show. And, you know, as you know, here in Chicago, they don't just hand out TV shows. And it was actually coming out of the pandemic where they were taking TV shows away from people. Really? So he goes, listen, uh, there's nothing right now that's perfect for you guys. Why don't we just create something? So we sat in his office, Steve Mandel, our agent. We sat in his office and all three of us created this TV show called The MVP Game. And ultimately what it is, is a Chicago Cubs game show for super fans, kind of like the newlywed game back in the day. And uh, I'm a diehard psycho Chicago Cubs fan. Like literally, I'm like maybe the biggest cup fan in Chicago and Kenzie, she moved here from Tampa to do radio. And she very quickly learned that I'm taking her to Cubs games, like 30 games a year. And I'm like, she's realizing how psycho I am, but she, she grew to love the Cubs and, and love that about me. So ultimately, you know, she, she said something great in her press release about the fact of like the old cliche is, Oh, I'm losing my man to, to Sunday's football, you know? And, and it's kind of like a bad thing where she, she dove right in to my baseball love and she loves it as well. We share that together. So our TV show is really about bringing teams together, whether it's husbands and wives, boyfriends and girlfriends, mothers and sons, fathers and daughters. MVP stands for most valuable partner. And ultimately, the super fan wins amazing Cubs tickets based on how well their partners know them. And that's kind of the premise of the show. It's fun. It brings people together. It's, I mean, it is not stuffy whatsoever. We are, we are very, very loose and fun. And it's it shot at Old Crow Smokehouse, which is a bar in Wrigleyville. So it is very loose and fun, but ultimately it is bringing people together uh, all for one love, which is the Chicago Cubs. You also have a bear show, right? Yeah. So ultimately the MVP game is, it could be anything right now. It is on the marquee sports network and we're very, very happy with that partnership. We love them. They've been so great to us. Um, we did six 
original episodes for the Chicago Cubs. And then in the Cubs season was over, we did two episodes for the Chicago Bears because Marquee has a partnership with the Chicago Bears as well. So ultimately, you know, we did eight original episodes and we just got the stats a couple of weeks ago. They aired those eight episodes over a hundred times. Wow on the marquee sports network. So ultimately they play it a lot, which is great. We love every single play they give us Um, moving into this season though. We're going to do more Cubs episodes. And then by the time the season's over, we'll probably do more bears episodes as well. But right now it's only going to be Cubs and bears here in Chicago because marquee owns the exclusive rights to our show. Um, I can't say down the road that maybe we do like a a New York Yankees version in New York or LA Dodgers version in LA. You know, obviously we'll, we'll try to expand the show however we can, but here in Chicago, it is strictly Cubs, mainly Cubs and then bears, in the offseason. Yeah, so you will never do a White Sox show, right? Never, never. You can't pay me enough money to do a White Sox version of our show. I mean, you know, first off, because it's a competing team for the Marquee Sports Network, but second of all, I am a diehard Cub fan, which means I am not a White Sox fan. So no, again, I, I, I stay true to my roots and I will never do a White Sox show or a Cardinal show. Those are the two shows that will never come out of the MVP game machine. <laughs> well, what, what's been the reception? I know you said it's aired a lot of times. I mean, well, how have people responded to it? It's been great. You know, uh, I'm really, really proud of it. I'm, I'm proud of the fact that Kenzie and I and our agent created the show from scratch, right? I'm also proud that we found this hidden gem of a director, David Hunter, uh, who lives out in the Western suburbs by us, actually, coincidentally. And he is so, so talented. We're like, we're putting together, when it airs on TV, you see a legit game show. I mean, it, it could be on like a major network. It's, it looks that good. You were there for one of the filmings. You see it's like a 12-man crew. There's cameras everywhere. It's a major production. So I'm really, really proud of it. The reception has been amazing to it. I don't think people realized what this game show would look like, feel like, sound like. I mean, it is legit. And and a lot of people, the feedback we get, a lot of people's favorite parts are actually on the streets. Like during the Cubs season, we do a thing called Partners on the Streets, which um, ultimately me and Kenzie are in the streets, kind of like man on the street, like how like Jimmy Fallon and Jay Leno would, would do back in the day. We stop Cubs fans and we ask them random questions. Like, you know, if it was me and Kenzie on the street and someone stopped us, like they would ask her what my birthday is. I, they would ask me what our anniversary is. And honestly, you'd be so surprised at how many people get these questions wrong. Now, listen, after Cubs games, people have had some drinks. They got some alcohol in them. It becomes even funnier. So ultimately, like we always have about a four, five minute segment in each episode of Partners on the Street. And from what we're gathering, that might be the favorite part of the show for viewers. But it's it's all packaged so, so well together. And I'm really, really proud of what we created because, you know, we also host the show. And we've hosted a lot of shows over the past couple of years together, which we love all of them but it's just so special the fact that we created this show for us specifically and for my love of the cubs it's been a win-win okay what i like about your show and i have been to three recordings i've been to two cubs one bears and one time i had to leave early because i had to take the l back and i had you know it's for safety reasons but of course yeah because i think because on the next day somebody asked me like did you go to it i'm like yeah and they're trying to figure out why i left but anyway (laughs) <laughs> but the thing, but the thing is that okay, this is what I like about your show, and that's why we should support the show. Because I thought when we went to the taping, you were going to see cer- certain people in front, like the beautiful people, because that's what they do at other shows, and that's uh-huh. they even did that at U two concert when they were filming their when they were filming their DVDs. So they want to put in the certain whatever demographic they're going for. But you said specifically, you don't care. Our demographic, like. our demographic are diehard Chicago Cubs fans and they can look however they want to look. I mean, literally we have, you know, uh, father daughters, we have two girl best friends. We have, you know, uh, two guy best friends, 
Uh, we have husbands and wives, boyfriends and girlfriends. Uh, we don't care what you look like, what you sound like, what you dress like. All we care is that you love the Cubs like we love the Cubs. And that is it. So, yeah, you said that to me. And that meant a lot. Like, it, by design, we are not filtering contestants. Like, if you apply and you want to be on our show, by the way, you can apply at TheMVPGame.com. Um, we will, if you love the Cubs, we're going to have you. I don't care what you look like. I don't care your size. I don't care your ethnicity. If you love the Cubs, you're on the show because that's all that we care about. Yeah, and it's not just uh, the people on the show. It's also the people in the crowd. Mm -hmm. Because, see, you're not doing what other productions do in other places, maybe even in Chicago, where they seat certain people at the in the front or they right. want to make sure the camera catches certain people. And that's why I want to keep going back because it's so refreshing. You guys, awesome. the entire production is amazing. Like everybody is super nice. It's very fun. It's very friendly. Thank and you. I like that restaurant too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> big fan of uh, Old Crow Smokehouse. I will say uh, the only thing we do about seating for the guests is that we don't want any table empty. So that's the only reason you might see us pull somebody at that table because well, when we go to the wide shot for the TV show, we don't want any table empty. Like the bar is closed. As you know, the bar is closed when we shoot, but we invite the contestants to bring their friends and family so we have like a live studio audience, if you will. So the only thing we do is move people to make sure that no table up front is empty. But besides that, no, I mean, we don't care. Like, yeah, we don't care what you look like or, or you know, anything. Um, and I will say the positive vibe you get there, you know, Ken, without bragging, Kenzie and I are very positive people as it is yeah. but our director david hunter he's also like a burst of positivity and he he's just like you know it was our first like director to work with like on our own show obviously and he just brings a positive vibe every single shoot date and then we feed off that and then we try to portray it to the audience so yeah thank you for saying that we, we feel like we do have a very positive atmosphere for contestants for guests for everybody in involved but uh yeah thank you for saying that yeah, I feel positive too, even though I'm a Sox fan, because I mean, I, I grew up a Cubs fan. Okay. By the but, way, I didn't know that. So I apologize for saying I'll never do a Sox show. <laughs> no, I understand. <laughs> no, no, I switched. I grew up a Cubs fan. Believe me, I went to games and I, I watched this Cubs all the time, but then I switched. But the thing is that um, that's why I feel good when I leave. And that's why I want to really promote it. And everybody seriously should get involved, watch this show, become a contestant, because you'll rarely see a show like this because usually sometimes the shows are really glossy on the screen, but behind the scenes, they're ugly, but there's, there's no ugliness at all. Well, thank you so much. And we are currently filming season two, Marquee approved season two. So, I mean, that was like a big deal for us to get that phone call from the Marquee sports number to say, listen, the show did great. We wanted a season two. We were like, oh my gosh. So we are currently filming for season two. If you want to be part of the show and you're listening right now, again, it's easy to apply vmvpgame.com and all the info is right there on the website. Make it very easy for you. Um, we'd love to have you. And um, yeah. And if you're a Sox fan, you can't be on the show, but you could be part of the studio audience as long as you don't boo us or anything, but besides no. all are welcome. <laughs> yeah. And also there are people who do even Sox fans. They know a lot about the Cubs because the yeah. Cubs aired all over for so long and people yeah. out of state know it as well. So. Yeah, well, listen, I mean, I'm a big baseball fan. I love the Cubs more than anything in the world, but I, you know, Kenzie will make fun of me for doing fantasy baseball. Actually, after this live stream, I got to go make my pick for my fantasy baseball team. My guys are mad at me. But anyways, like I love baseball. I really, really do. I played as a kid. I played as an, I play as an adult. I still play in a baseball league twice a week, hardball, like fast pitch. Um, I love the game of baseball. So, you know, when I say like, I'm never going to do a sock show or a Cardinal show, it's just because I'm like that much of a Cubs fan, but I got respect for like a lot of players around different teams teams or across the country because i just love the game of baseball i really do yeah okay so when i think of you though i think of radio okay because you were so big in radio for so long thank you and i know you're mr tv guy now and i don't know have you ever done modeling or anything 
I have never done modeling, but thank you. I mean, like it's strictly been radio, music career, uh, Chicago Bulls, and then now a lot of TV. So it's kind of, but thank you for saying, even bringing that up. Uh, <laughs> I can maybe possibly be a model, but no, I never did modeling. <laughs> well, you and Kenzie, yeah, Kenzie also, because she's very beautiful, but she's also really nice. She's not just like hollow beauty, like some other totally. people are. Totally. But I was, but I was going to say, um, what was your music career? What is your music career? Um, well, I don't want to bore you or the people listening, but before B96, I know we're going to get to B96, I'm sure. But before that, I was in a boy band called VI3. And you don't know our group really, but you do, or you may know our top 40 single called Eyes Closed So Tight. I wrote, co-produced it and sang lead on it. Really great song. To this day, it's the greatest song I've wrote in my life. VI3, Eyes Closed So Tight. Um, and from that uh, group and from that song, it actually got me the B96 job back in 2004. And then uh, we could talk about that in a little bit. But then uh, my music career evolved. I went, I went solo. Jay Roman and Saluna had a song called Where Are You? Another top 40 record that I wrote and co produced and sang lead on. Um, played it on B96 like crazy. And then later on in my music career, the Jump Smokers, uh, me and DJ Flipside have a group called the Jump Smokers. And we traveled the world with Pitbull, Enrique Iglesias, um, China five times, the Philippines three times all over the world we're basically the biggest remixing crew uh for a very long time from like 2009 till about 2015 maybe so those are my kind of three phases of music that i've done throughout my radio career but how did you get the copyright to all those songs that you're remixing because now you know you'll be shut down online if you do that we were hired by the label so we were we're actually really really big where like the labels came to us and like we remixed everything from britney spears to rihanna to celine dion to rod stewart um pitbull took us under his wing and really really gave us a great great experience um so every remix that the jump smokers did was uh, commissioned by the label and it was legal because they they hired us to do it so um yeah for a while from like 09 to about 2015 the biggest dance remixes in the world were done by the jump smokers so i'm very proud of that project we're not totally done yet actually i'll tie it all in uh the mvp game our show on marquee sports network the theme song that you hear in the intro in and out of commercial breaks is our brand new single called mvp by jump smokers so when you hear that song it's like mvp mvp the jump smokers produced that song and that might be the song that kind of gets us back into the spotlight i took about four years off maybe from the group but i never broke up with the group just kind of like took a pause and you know we never did break up so who knows what the future may hold well how did you learn all that all that production uh, i will give dj Flipside all the props on that so the group the jump smokers was there were it was my idea so i had the idea back in the day i was working at b96 and lmfao had just come out you know they had uh back then i think it was shots and I'm in Miami B. I'm not, I don't know if you guys swear on this podcast or not, but uh, they were really, really big. And, and, you know, I grew up in Chicago with house music. I love house music. And flip side, same thing. And, and our original member, Tony Arzadon, same thing. So I actually had the idea of like, yo, why don't we create like a, a LMFAO type group, but out of Chicago, the home of house music. And so we did. And our first single was actually a Chris Brown diss song after he, uh, he had hit Rihanna. We did this song um, and it just overnight blew up. It was like, it was, it's called my flow so tight. And it, I, I didn't expect for it to do what it did, but it, it just, it spread like wildfire. It was kind of a pop culture phenomenon. And that song jumped us off to literally traveling the world with some of the biggest artists on the planet. So um, yeah, that's kind of how the idea came about. But anyways, okay, you asked about production, flip side, it does 
95% of our production. He's really, really good at it. He's a beast behind the, the turntables, the, the computer, the software, the keyboards. Um, I've always been the songwriter and kind of the arranger and the hype man at the live shows and the vocalist too. But he does a lot of the production or most of the production. So I give him all the, all the credit. Is he the guy at the shows when you're recording? Yeah. yeah. Oh, so, that's okay. Uh, DJ he Flip- said the DJ flips. I'm like, wait, that sounds familiar. Okay. Totally. Yeah, I, I, we have him as our uh, DJ in-house for the MVP game on our TV show. Uh, he was Flipside at five for many, many years when Styles and Roman were at B96. So, and then I also, he was our Chicago Bulls DJ when I was the host of the Chicago Bulls. So me and Flipside, we go back like way back in the day. So it's been fun to have all these different projects that we've done together. And again, the best I, th- I think is yet to come because this TV show has been so, so great for the both. Both of us it's cool to share it together and how did you how did you get started with your group i mean like how did you meet each other i mean flipside yeah like all of all of you yeah because you said you you guys loved house etc yeah but- yeah so really i met flipside when i was back in my boy band vi3 before my b96 days eric bradley was our manager and he's the music director to this day of b96 and um i'll never forget when uh we got hired to do the radio show back in 2004, Styles and Roman. We were the night show at B96 at first. And we told our bosses, Todd and Eric, like, listen, Flipside's so good. He's so good. Like, let's have him mix live on the on the radio. And so we had a thing called the 10 o'clock mixtape at 10 o'clock. And he would mix live on the radio. And wow. I can say that Flipside was the first live mixing DJ in Chicago on the radio. And, you know, I'm very proud of that. And he should be very proud of that as well. Um, and then we got promoted to afternoons in 2006 for 10 years. And for 10 years, Flipside at 5 at 5 p.m. was a live mix show on the radio. And, and for many of those years, it was the highest rated hour on our entire show. So, you know, we really we broke a lot of molds when we had like a live mixing on our radio station and on our show. Um, so it was natural for me when I had this idea for Jump Smokers. It was like I, I talked to Flipside. Actually, I talked to Flipside first and then Flipside brought up Tony Arzadon because they were friends and they had done production together and they were kind of dabbling in it. So it just made sense for all three of us to get together and kind of take this, this project that I had an idea about and really make it happen. Okay. But you say that was the first live mixing. You mean that back in the day in the eighties yeah. and so forth, that wasn't live on BMX before no. it was B96? No, no, no. I mean, I could be wrong. I believe that all those weekend mix shows were all pre-recorded. Um, now, listen, if I'm wrong about any historical <laughs> thing, then then like prime time live mix show, we for sure were the first. So uh, just my little asterisk here is that maybe back in the day, a few of those weekend mixes by like, yeah, that BMX or whatever, may, maybe, I think they were pre-recorded, but if I'm wrong on that, I do know for a fact, live mix show, prime time, flip side at five was the first uh, on the Styles of Roman show. How did you, okay, I know that you were a fan of B96, okay, as you listened to it growing up. <laughs> so how did you score that? I am a perfect example of a P1 B96 listener. I grew up here, born and raised in Chicago. I loved the station more than anything growing up. Uh, Eddie and Jobo, I idolized them. They were so funny. They were so good. Um, I remember like not even going to junior high until like they, until I heard the entire bit on the radio and then I would like fine, go to school and we'd all talk about it. Like they were bigger than life back then, you know? And so I love that station. I interned for the station when I was at, at Elmhurst College. 
I was majoring in music business. I got a, um, an internship over at B96. That was like a dream. Like, wow. And mind you, I never wanted to be in radio. I didn't, I didn't go to school for radio. I really, music was my thing. I wanted to have a music career. So, you know, then I, I interned at B96. I worked promotions for a little bit. And then I went off to tour with my music group, my boy band. I was around, I performed around the country with the Backstreet Boys and, and Britney Spears and everybody in O-Town. And then um, uh, Eric Bradley, when I was, performing and he was our manager when he saw the way i was at radio interviews he thought wow that kid's good like he probably would be good on the radio so he brought it to todd cavanaugh and then they had the idea of like putting us me and dougie styles together we were friends before from back when we interned at b96 together they had the idea of putting us together to make like they in their minds it was like after Eddie and Jobo will be Styles and Roman in the mornings, right? So that was kind of like they were kind of grooming us to be the next morning show. Um, it never did happen, unfortunately. That was kind of like our big goal and our big dream. Um, but we did work at that station for 12 years, and we did afternoons for for 10 years before ultimately moving over to US 99, and we did mornings over there for three years. So, you know, my my dream once I got on the radio was to, like, follow Eddie and Jobo and be the morning show. Um for whatever reason, it didn't happen. And, uh, but we did get our morning show break at US 99 back in 2016. But why be a morning show? You have to wake up at like 3 a.m. You can't go out late at night. You're right. But I'll tell you what, like I had my son Tristan in 2014. And I'll tell you what, when that happens, it changes your life. So like, I didn't mind waking up at 3.30 in the morning and then working all morning and then being home. I would pick him up from preschool literally at like 11 a.m. I'd be done at 10. I hop in my car, I'd fly out to pick my son up from preschool. And I had my entire day and night with my son Tristan. And back then I was a single father. So like, it was just me and my buddy. And like, it was like, I couldn't even believe it. I would work in the morning and then I had like all day off, all night off. And my son went to bed early. So I would go to bed early too. I go to bed at nine, nine 30 and I get my six hours of sleep. So with a family doing mornings was, um, was really, really cool. And the hours were great for it. So, um, yeah, but back in my like single, like, you know, single party days, I could have never done mornings. I probably would have overslept and um, been miserable. But from a family standpoint, and even now with me and Kenzie, like I think the morning show hours would be perfect um, with a family and, and and more kids hopefully to come. But I mean, how do you stay awake? Because I work mornings many times, like this morning, and I'm, I work this morning and I'm working tomorrow morning. And yeah, by I the way, congrats that. on the new job. Congrats. We're very excited Thank for you. you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's really excellent. But awesome. um, But it's very hard to stay awake. So did you crash at all? I never did. I am a freak of nature where I have like tons of energy. As you could probably tell, I don't drink coffee at all. I never had coffee in my entire life, but I do love um, green tea. So I didn't realize that there's caffeine in green tea. So in the morning, I would fill up my gigantic Cubs thermos of hot green tea and put tons of honey in it. And I would drink that all morning long. And I, my partner did not drink coffee or um, tea and he would be dragging. He would like be tired or whatever. I was never, I was always up, ready to go. I never napped or anything. I did. I will tell you, I fought through ever being tired, maybe middle of the day. I fought through it because then when I would put my head on the pillow at night, I would fall asleep instantly. I was so tired that I was getting like great, great sleep. Even if it was only for five hours, I was getting great sleep because I didn't nap during the day. So I was that tired. Again, my head hit the pillow 
and I would be out. I will tell you it got difficult because that was also the time that I was the entertainment host of the Chicago Bulls. So I was doing like live Bulls games at night. I was the guy with the microphone on the court, hyping up the crowd, the games, the contest. And then I wouldn't get back to my condo in the West Loop till about maybe like 11. And I couldn't fall asleep instantly because you're like rocking the crowd for all those people. Your adrenaline is going. You couldn't fall asleep instantly. So it would get tough when I was doing Bulls games at night. And then waking up for a morning show in the morning, but I never complained because those were two jobs that I was very lucky to have and very blessed to have. So I never, ever complained about either one of those jobs. I, I just was like, I'm just going to do it. I'll fight through it and, and make it work. And, and I did for, for many, many years. But now you said you also, you toured with all these famous people. Mm -hmm. What's that like? I mean, do you get to meet Britney Spears and all those people? I did. Yeah. All back in the day, Britney Spears, uh, Backstreet Boys and, um, uh, in sync O town. I'm still really good friends with the guys from O town. I mean, you know, it, it's really, really cool. I mean, I actually toured for a little bit with Mariah Carey. I mean, that was really cool back in my solo, um, by solo days, uh, more recently with jump smokers, it was Pitbull and Enrique Iglesias and Kesha. Um, and again, it was just so cool, man. Like, you know, I will tell you this, I've met a lot of people in my life. I've been very blessed to meet a lot of people in my life from radio and, and music. There is nobody greater in this world than Pitbull. And Pitbull is just like, you, you may see him and think like, he looks like a real nice guy. He is a real nice guy. I mean, he, he treated us with the utmost respect. He was the biggest artist on the planet for a time, for a time period in there. And that was when we were touring with him and he never made us feel that we weren't worthy. He was always coming to us for remixes and, and, and song ideas and beat ideas. He was the greatest person I've ever met. And he's responsible for a lot of our success in that jump smokers part of my music career. So, um, it was awesome. But I, whenever people always ask me like, who's your favorite, he Pitbull is just the, the greatest guy I've ever been able to meet, hang out with and tour with. Okay, but after you tour these people, I mean, do you keep in touch with them or what's the yeah. relationship there? Yeah, I just took Kenzie. Uh, we were in Las Vegas. We went to the Pitbull show out there. When he came here at Timley Park, we went to that show. Um, I'm still, I mean, back in the B96 days, like Baby Bash, Frankie J, all those guys from O-Town. Like, I'm still friends with all those guys. When they come to Chicago, we all hang out. We chop it up. Um, when I'm in their city, same thing. Um, here's a deal what, I, what you got to realize is that a lot of these artists are like normal people that are just great singers or great songwriters or whatever. And they, and they really want like camaraderie, right? Even in my US 99 days, I became really good friends with like Michael Ray and Brett Eldridge and, you know, Mitchell Tenpenny. Like I've still talked to those guys. Michael Ray came out a couple months ago and we hung out all weekend long, you know, and he got to meet Kenzie and I got to meet his new girlfriend. Um, a lot of these artists are really, really cool. And if you're just, if you're just a cool guy or a cool girl, like, and you like show them respect and like have mutual interests and stuff like that. Like there you can make a friendship. And I, I mean, I made friendships with a lot of these people and I keep those friendships. And, the, and, and what you could tell is like, I'm not currently on the radio, right. That's coming up in a little bit, I think, but I, I'm taking a little bit of pause from radio, but like those people are still cool with me. And it just shows me that it's not only because of the radio gig, they were nice to me here. We are, I'm off the radio and they're still nice to me and we still hang out. So those are the people that, you're like, those are real friends, you know, and, and I'll, I'll support those guys. So the wheels fall off because I mean, those people, they're rich and they're successful and they could basically have access to whatever they want pretty much. Yeah. But then it's interesting that they want to keep in touch with you because, um, people who are not like that, they don't keep in touch with people. Like you leave a job or something and then that's it. So yeah, why do you, you think know, they are like that? There have been a couple artists that like were really, I'm not going to name names, but they were, right. were very cool to me back in my US 99 days. And then, you know, uh, Styles and Roman, we started a podcast for like a year. We don't do it anymore. But, um, and I wanted to get a couple artists that I thought I was friends with on the podcast. 
And they kind of gave me the runaround and I was like, oh, okay, like now I like now I know. But you know what? Guess what? Michael Ray did it. Mitchell Tenpenny did it. Chris Lane did it. Jimmy Allen did it. It's like you kind of know who the ones that really, really like you versus the ones that are like, oh, you don't work there anymore. Okay. Yeah. I'll talk to my publicist. It's like, oh, okay. Like, all right, I got you. And I, I'm not even mad about it. Like, it's cool. Like, it is what it is. I just rather keep my, I, I rather know who my real friends are versus who my fake friends are. That's all. Yeah. But it's, yeah, it's just incredible. Like, I mean, what are their lifestyles like? Did you get, did you get insight into that? Yeah. I mean, you know, again, I'm closest to like Michael Ray in the country world, Mitchell Tenpenny in the country world. And those guys, yeah, I mean, they're doing really, really well. They're touring the world. You know, Mitchell's got a song right now that I think is about to go number one again. It's called We Got History. He already had a number one single called uh, Drunk Me, another one, number one called Truth About You. Michael Ray, I think has had three or four number one records. Um, his most recent one, Whiskey and Rain, is his biggest one ever. Um, and these are just normal guys. Like, yes, they have more money than me, probably. Yes, they are touring consistently right now. Um, but like at the end of the day, like me and Michael Ray love the Cubs. Like we love the Cubs, right? Like we have that in common, you know? Mitchell was engaged for a while, just got married to uh, uh, his wife, Megan. You know, I'm engaged, about to be married to my my girl, Kenzie. So like we have similar things that are going through in, in, li in life. And um, I think also I supported them when they were new artists. I think that's also important when you support someone when they're brand new, they don't forget that, you know, and, and I'll tell you like one of my really good friends is Eric Bradley, the MD of B96. He's still to this day is very close to Mariah Carey. Well, I think that's because he met her when she first started out and was really nice to her and was, and, and really like looked out for her and played her on B96. So I think that they are still friends because she rem remembers that, you know, so no matter how big these artists get, they remember who was cool to them when they just started out. And I fall into that category for a lot of different artists that I still talk to. Because I noticed that I was telling this somebody this the other day and they're like, what are you talking about? But I noticed that um, with some people, even in Chicago, like I'll know them way before and then they get some notoriety and then they just sort of pick up the ladder. They don't. Yeah. They're not I, cool. I don't know if you noticed that. But. I hate that. And I have strived myself to never be like that. You know, I, listen, I am not uh, Justin Timberlake. I'm not Justin Bieber, right? I'm Justin Roman. So I'm at a certain level here in Chicago, but I knew my entire life because I interned for B96, right? So I knew Eddie and Jobo were cool to me. They were nice to me. And that felt so big, you know? So when I became a big deal at B96, I made sure that I was nice to the interns and the promotions people. I mean, it, it takes it takes a lot of people to make a radio station work. It takes a lot of people to make a group work or, or a label work or a TV show work, right? And everybody is important. And even with our TV show, you saw it firsthand, like we go up and talk to our contestants, guests, and everybody at the TV show, we talk to everybody because we are not more important than anybody else. It's like, it makes, it takes people coming to the show for it to be a good show. It takes contestants to be on the show for it to be a good show. It takes our director and the director's staff for it to be a good show. It is not just me and Kenzie. So um, I, I definitely set out and made a point to always be that way. I think I was raised a certain way by my, by my I can't talk by my parents. And, um, and I think that it's just, it's a value inside of me that I have always lived with. And I, I make sure that I would never be like that. So I can't speak for those that do pull up the ladder. Like you said, I'm just never going to be one of those people, you know? And, um, yeah. Well, okay. But it sounds like you've had lots of success and you have a beautiful soon to be wife and you got TV, you got radio, et cetera, et cetera. Have you ever had failure? <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, actually I have. I mean, um, Listen, I, I have had a very charmed professional life from the very beginning, from my music career to B96 to US 99 to the Bulls to Jonas Smokers and everything. But 
uh, if you're listening, if you're following this podcast, I no longer work at US 99. Okay. So, um, you know, that I look at as a failure. Uh, we were doing very, very good for three years. We had a very good situation at US 99. And then they changed PDs on us that third year. And uh, that PD, who will rename nameless, uh, he really tried to sabotage our show. And he really... Oh. He was really horrible. And um, we did a whole podcast. I'm not going to go totally into it again. But if you ever want to hear the story, the Styles and Roman Uncensored Podcast, episode two, we talk about everything in detail. Just we wanted to put our side out there because we were on the radio one day and then we weren't the next day. Right. So we never got to tell our side of the story or even say goodbye to anybody. So we did a lot of really good things in those three years. I was very proud of our morning show for those three years. Um, but then they swapped PDs on us and this guy was horrible. And um, he no longer works there. He was fired uh, pretty instantly. He, he got rid of us. And then he, he handpicked the morning show and then went on to have the lowest ratings in the history of US 99. So they got rid of him. They got rid of uh, that new morning show. And now they're on to another morning show. Right. So um, that's all I'm going to say about that. So, but uh, yeah, I, I said it's a failure. You know, I mean, I mean, I can blame this dude over and over and over again. But at the end of the day, you know, we don't work there anymore. So if you ask about failures, I I don't blame myself, but it's like, yeah, it's a failure. I mean, I thought I want when we went over to US 99, I thought honestly, we were gonna be there for like the next 10, 15 years. I really did. I I loved it. It was fun. I I love the brand, I loved the company at the time, and I loved our show. So um my life has been very, very, very blessed in many, many ways. But if you talk about failures, I would say that probably would fall under the category of a failure, you know? Um, one more thing, Chicago Bulls, I was there for, I think, five seasons. And in my last season, I was the uh, all-star entertainment host, by handpicked by the NBA um, to be the uh, all-star entertainment host for the all-star game and the rising star game in 2020. And then the pandemic hit. You know, and all of a sudden this job that I had that I loved, there are no more fans in the stadium. Well, you know what? With no fans means no entertainment hosts, you know, so that you, you could say was a failure, not my fault or anybody's fault. But it's like this great job that I was I was crushing at went away, you know, so uh, to say that I have had a blessed life, I definitely have had it, but I've also had obstacles and it's about how you overcome those obstacles. You know, I don't work for the Bulls anymore. I don't work for US 99 anymore, but you know what? I created a damn good TV show with me and Kenzie and the Marquee Sports Network. And it's not about how you fall. It's about how you get back up and bounce back. So I'm most proud of, of how I have bounced back from the situation. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to spill too much tea, but you know, my fiance doesn't work at B96 anymore, you know, but her bounce back she's about to announce is way bigger than what she was doing before. So it's not about how you change things up or how you fall or obstacles. It's about how you bounce back and get back up. And I think her and I both are a testament to, um, to doing that bigger and better. Okay. But what if you um, have a failure and then you don't bounce back with something bigger and better Then what? You know, here's the deal. Uh, I put everything in perspective. Okay. I've been very lucky to do radio, TV, music, and sports. Uh, uh, so to me, th those are just jobs, jobs that I love, but jobs nonetheless. Okay. I'm not trying to like, you know, um, bum anybody out here, but I lost my nephew after 14 short months back in 2010. I lost my father in 2017. Those were heart crushing tragedies that happened in my life. So when you put things in perspective, you know, me not working at US 99 or the Chicago Bulls and the COVID pandemic, to me, that's nothing. I've dealt with way worse. I've dealt with more serious things. So when you put things in perspective, 
it's like you, you, you have a mind shift, you know, like I, I've, I'm not, I was never depressed about us 99 or about the bull. I was never depressed about that. I was depressed about my father, about my nephew. So I put things in perspective. So I never let myself get too high when things are good. I never let myself get too low when things are bad because I'm breathing. I got air in my lungs. I have a family that loves me and, uh, and, and a healthy family at that. You know, I found the, the girl that I love my soulmate and everything. And I have some really good friends and, um, I just, I put it on perspective. So no, I, I just, you know, I, I, if you haven't bounced back yet, believe in yourself to know that you can bounce back. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I don't know your story, but I know you left the company and now you're at a different company and it seems like you're happier. Right. So yeah, it's really great. Yeah. So everyone's got their bounce back story, you know, like if you lose a job or you decide to change jobs or whatever, like it's not the end of the world. You know, you still got a breath in your lungs. Did you wake up this morning? Then it was a pretty good day. You're listening to the Radio Girl Podcast with Margaret Larkin. And thanks to Jeff Davis, who's at jeffdavis.com. And Roman mentioned my new gig. It's at WGN Radio News before I was working at WGN Radio on the show side and production side. And I am very glad I quit WBBM. And I'm in a much better situation overall between WGN Radio and other jobs I have. Okay, so were you like this when you were young? I mean, what did you see? You know, did you always have this kind of attitude? Yeah, I did. I've always been an optimistic person. Um, <laughs> some of my friends make fun of me. They, they say because I'm a Cubs fan that I'm always optimistic about, oh, yeah, wait till next year. You know, oh, we're going to be great this year. Like, And then I guess I always kind of reset that mind every single year. Um, I didn't get the World Series. We finally did. Yeah. 2016. I, um, I've always been positive, you know, uh, when I was a kid, I looked up to certain people, but I I always loved Will Smith and Will Smith. Now, mind you, minus this whole Oscar thing that happened, that's very uh, out of character for him. But up until that point, he, I just, his whole career, I've idolized the guy. I thought he was so positive, so happy, made people feel good. Uh, he was funny. He was charming. He was a good family guy. Everything about Will Smith, I loved always, you know, and I'm not saying that I like would model myself after him, but I like, I gravitate to like positive, happy people. And so I try to be that way myself, you know, and again, um, throughout the, all the really, really good things that have happened to me. Um, and even a couple of the bad things career wise or professionally, like I just, I put it in perspective. I've had two really bad things happen to me in my personal life that, you know, everything else I can handle everything else you throw at me. Okay, cool. I'll have it with a smile and I will handle it. Um, but yeah, I guess I've always been this way. Okay, so let's get back to V96, which you're, you know, very well known. Oh, first of all, the name of your band, the name of your group. Uh huh. Every time uh-huh. you say it, it reminds me of Chainsmokers. I know it's okay. not the same group. Do a lot of people say that? Yeah, we were first. Jump Smokers were definitely first. We were actually mad when they came out because they they kind of stole our name. You know, like we were the Jump Smokers, and back then, if you were doing dance music, you knew who we were. Like, there's this no, there's there's no getting around it. We were running. Uh, I want to say running. We were we we're doing very very well in dance music for that period of time. So they came out after us with a song called Selfie, and I'll give them credit. Selfie was a kind of a culture phenomenon and everything, or pop culture phenomenon. Um, and they they parlayed that into a really good career, and their career is obviously better than ours. But our name was first, so no, we didn't bite their name. They bit our name. Um, but I mean, you know, their bank accounts are bigger and their their success is bigger, so I can't knock them. Well, they're in LA, and also they. They didn't do radio and TV and stuff like that. And also, don't they produce other people as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, uh, you know, 
I guess you could maybe put in a failure situation. Like I wish our group uh, would have done more. We had a couple really close calls that Pitbull had a couple of our songs that were so good. And I think would have done so well. And then, you know, he sat on them for a while and waited a little too long. And then someone else kind of took that idea and did it first. Right. Like I can, I can, t- I can write a book on how many almost we had. Right. So th- I'm a little, I get a little bummed out about like, oh, this group could have been so much bigger. It was huge, but it could have been even bigger. But then again, I'm like, well, you know what? We still have the name and we still have the talent. Like there, there's no telling what could happen this year or next year. Like again, the group, it's me and Flipside's group. It lives on. I don't know the next chapter of it. I don't know what it's going to uh, reveal, but it, it is still possible for us to get to where I want us to get. Um, but here's the deal. My father passed away in 2017. I was the morning show of a country music station. EDM dance music and traveling every single weekend and and, and performing at clubs. They all, they all didn't make sense together. It wasn't very cohesive, that, that thing. I needed for the first time in my life a break. And um, to kind of deal with what I was going through with my father. And so that's why I pulled away from the group. And again, then country music and the radio side of things wasn't really EDM dance. They didn't, they didn't, they weren't a very good compliment to each other. So I just took a break. And um, again, maybe we come back with some more stuff. Our new song is MVP. It's the theme song to our, our TV show, the MVP game. So again, that could be the springboard that brings us back into the mix. Well, yeah, but also you can remix it for clubs or whatever. I mean, that totally. becomes huge, you know? I mean, even even the song itself is a very club-friendly song, thousand yeah. percent. Um, but yeah, I mean, so um, I forgot what you asked me, but uh, yeah. That's I asked you I- about Chainsmokers. Have you ever met them? Yeah, we did actually. Yeah, we took a picture with them. And I mean, there's no hard feelings. I mean, I here's one thing about me. I am not a hater at all, right? Like I am not a hater. Um, in this world, there are maybe two people that I strongly, strongly, strongly dislike. Okay. Everybody else I'm cool with. I love everybody else. Like even if someone slighted me or like whatever, like if people want to hate on me here and there, like, I don't really care. Like, okay, fine. Like do you, but, um, minus two people, I got love for everybody. I really, really do. So now I'm not going to hate on the chain smokers. Like, you know, our name sounded similar. We were first, but they were more successful. Take, take a pick which one I'd rather be. I'd rather be more successful. Right. So I can't hate on the guys. They, they took their, their selfie moment and they literally like took it and ran with it. And they're doing very, very well for themselves so uh more power to them and i should be called i should i should say they're called the chain smokers not just chain smokers i just yeah, took off the they are the chain smokers right. we're just jump smokers right right okay so back to v96 okay what was it like to be so successful and meet all those a-list celebrities and so forth i, I will say um i've done a lot of really cool things i'm very uh lucky and blessed and, and grateful for, but like B96 in its heyday when we were there, man, th- those were some of the best years of my life. I mean, we, you know, um, it was weird. We weren't the morning show, but we definitely were the faces of the station for a long time in the afternoon. And so, you know, we did all the interviews, we did all the stage announcements, we did everything you could do at that station. You know, we really kind of drove that station for many, many years. Um, so it was awesome. I mean, to be able to interview Jennifer Lopez like three times and Mariah Carey, you know, maybe five times. Uh, we had Jay-Z live on our airwaves for an hour at the five o'clock uh, flip side at five. We we interviewed him for an hour live. That's unheard of now. Like, like they don't do that stuff anymore. So we were there. Um, when it was awesome and I have nothing but love and, and great things for those memories. Um, unfortunately, I feel like my fiance didn't have the same experience as I did over there. It's 
two companies later, right? So when I was there with CBS radio and I, we were more like a family, we had like a really good vibe. And that building was that building. Everyone was family. Everyone was friends. We were all rooting for each other. I just kind of feel like maybe just radio as a whole has changed. And I'm, you know, again, I haven't been on the air since 2019. So I feel like between like, you know, mergers happening and, and syndication and voice tracking, I feel like radio is just different now, you know? And so, um, I, but I mean, those days were some of the best days of my entire life. And, and, um, Again, I'm a kid who grew up listening to B96 and then became kind of like, you know, me and Styles became kind of the face of the station for many years. That was, that's a dream I never even knew existed because I wasn't a kid who wanted to do radio, right? So the fact that I was doing that was just so surprising. I was so lucky and so thankful for that opportunity. Um, yeah, lo looking back, that was, those were some of the best years of my life. But what made it work? What made the show work? I think because we were real and we were born and raised in Chicago and we were born and raised B96 fans like Dougie, same thing. Like he loved that station. Like I will argue maybe besides Todd Cavanaugh and Eric Bradley, there aren't two people that love B96, the brand more than Styles and Roman did. Um, Cause even Eddie and Jobo like left for a little bit and came back and like, you know, I, I mean, I know they love the station, but I just feel like we just grew up to it. So like, it was just different. And um so it was magical. I think it was because there were two, back then we were kids, two kids that grew up loving the station, born and raised in Chicago, and now being on the radio. And I think what made us work was the fact that Dougie went to school for radio. He was trained in radio and I wasn't, I'm just a talker. I was a musician that would be interviewed by people. And I guess I had good answers, entertaining answers. So you put us together and it was kind of magic. I, I think our chemistry was through the roof, right? I don't think the show would have worked if there were two Dougies or two Romans. Like I think that it took Styles and Roman to come together for us to really, really gel and for us to work. We were just two kids having fun. Like we weren't trying to like plan any like dorky radio segments or anything. We just did what we thought was funny and like, and it worked, right? I think people, I think people love real and anybody who listens to this podcast that listened to me back on the, on the radio and back in the day, like my voice is the same. I don't amp up my voice of like, you know, Hey, it's me. I don't do that stuff. Like my voice is my voice. I think the realness of our show and we never faked any phone caller, any phone caller we had was a real caller that we put on the air. And now maybe we chopped it up like better than other people, but like a lot of people will fake radio uh, phone calls. We never did that. So our show was very authentic to us. It was authentic to Chicago. It was authentic to the listener. And I just think that maybe that is why it worked so well. Um, I mean, it was just the perfect storm of like perfectness. I don't know. It was awesome. Well, does authentic still work today? Do you think? I think it does. I do. I think, um, uh, I think that, um, uh, I don't know what I was I think had we done mornings at B96 back in the day, uh, the station would be a lot different right now. I do. I think that, you know, we, we bled that station, like meaning like you cut my arm and like, I would have bled B96. Like we would have ran through a brick wall for that station. I don't think they're ever going to find employees that had that same passion for the station, you know, and it's, I'm not taking away from people's talents. Listen, there are many more talented uh, on-air jocks than me. I will be the first to tell you that. I was not trained in radio. I have experience, but I just, I, I go off of what I, what I think is funny. But my point is, is the passion of that station. I think had we done mornings uh, when we were ready for it, I think that it would have been a different uh, B96 today. Um, but, you know, it wasn't in the cards. And, and I'm, listen, here's the deal. If Styles and Roman were still the morning show today, Kenzie and Roman don't exist. And that means the MVP game doesn't exist. And that means that all the TV stuff we have going on right now doesn't exist. So, you know, you talk about like 
uh, I don't consider that a failure, but what I'm saying is an obstacle. I overcame that obstacle and I feel like I bounced back harder and better than ever. Um, so there's no regrets whatsoever, but I just think that the passion that, that Styles and Roman had for that station, uh, they're never going to find again. Well, what are the other TV projects you have? Uh, we just finished up on St. Patrick's Day weekend. We did a really cool thing for ABC 7 Chicago and Hulu. And that was really cool. It was our first time working with Hulu. Um, and the feedback was phenomenal. It was really, really cool. We filmed that uh, on St. Patrick's Day. Well, actually, on the St. Patrick's Day celebration in Chicago, which is always a week before. It's kind of confusing. But um, anyways, that was awesome. It was like our third major thing for ABC 7 Chicago. We've hosted their New Year's Eve specials now, not once, but twice. Uh, not many people know, but the first one we did was called uh, Countdown Chicago uh, 2020. We actually won an Emmy for it, which was really cool. The show won an Emmy, and we are the co-hosts of the show with Ryan Severini, Val Warner, uh, Cheryl Scott, and Terrell Brown. So, like, that was awesome. We won an Emmy for this TV show we did on ABC. And then they asked us back uh, this past year to do New Year's Eve. And I, I hope we get nominated again. And if we can win another Emmy, that'd be awesome. Um, and then, of course, we've been on Windy City Live a million times and Windy City Weekend now. Um, so we ABC has been a great, great partner for us. We love ABC. Um, and Marquee, I mean, Marquee, not only are we doing our own TV show that they've aired over 100 times, they had us host a live tree lighting ceremony um, last uh, December, which they have so many people working for that station, but they used us, you know, and it, and it made us feel so good about the fact of like, they like what we do or they love what we do. And they, and they trusted us with a live show on the Cubs network. So, um, you know, those are the TV things that are out in the public right now. We have a lot more behind the scenes. We developed a second TV show that we are in the middle of shopping right now. So we're very excited about that. Um, and then, you know, we're just kind of waiting to announce Kenzie's new thing. And then there's going to be some Kenzie and Roman stuff that we're not. So like bottom line is, is that it, we're, I'm really excited about this next chapter of my career. Um, and the coolest part about it, I met Kenzie K when she first moved to Chicago and I was actually Styles and Roman morning show of US 99. So I wasn't trying to like create a new brand and she was Kenzie K. She was doing middays over at B96. So she wasn't trying to do, do a new brand. It just kind of worked out that way. So it's like she wasn't using me for anything. I wasn't using her for anything. And so it's been so organic and so authentic. And that's why I think it's working. You know, like, you know, uh, Dougie Styles and I have had some great, great, great chemistry over the years. I honestly think me and Kenzie's chemistry is better. And it's only because like we have a different dynamic, right? Like, you know, like me and Kenzie are together 24 seven, you know, Dougie and I were together a lot, but like, he wasn't in my bed. You know, he wasn't having dinner with me every single day. Like there's a different kind of chemistry that her and I have. So I'm really, really excited. I think um, that this brand is perfect for like my next chapter. Um, I think it's perfect for her to get into TV as well. And honestly, she's my best friend and she'll tell you the same thing about me. Or at least I hope she will. So like we love working together. Um, so we're really, really excited about this next chapter of our careers. Back to what you're saying about um, Windy City Live. Uh, what do you guys go on there for? Uh, we go on there a lot. I mean, you know, it was Windy City like Live. about what? Uh, it depends whether they just have us as a um, guest couple that we go on together and then we talk pop culture stuff. You know, they have a thing called host chat. So we'll go on there and just talk about current events and pop culture stuff or whatever. They had like a father's roundtable for Father's Day and they had me host that as well or co-host that, I should say. Uh, they had Kenzie fill in for Val when she was off. They had me fill in for Ryan when he was off. They just use us a lot. And you know, we got feedback from ABC, from the head of ABC, that they actually are really, they love what we do and they want to continue to use us. So um, we got a really good partnership with them. And the fact that they actually called us 
with Hulu to do the St. Patrick's Day segment um, on the St. Patrick's Day parade broadcast on ABC was really special. It was actually um, locally here. It aired on ABC, but then is streamed nationwide on Hulu. So it was really cool. It's kind of our first like nationwide streaming thing, you know? And um, yeah, but I mean, they're just Ryan Severini and Val Warner are two people that have really, really been kind to us and really cool to us. And, um, you know, it's funny. Ryan's one of my best friends. He's a really, really good dude. He's actually officiating our wedding. He's going to Mexico to Tulum and he's being he's officiating our wedding because um, we love him that much and vice versa that he, it's, it's an honor for him to do this for us. Um, he's been so great. He, he brought me on that show years ago and then kept bringing me on over and over again. And then when I, when I started dating Kenzie, um, they loved her as well. And they brought her on, they brought us on together all the time. And Val has been like a mentor to Kenzie. Like she looks up, Kenzie looks up to Val so much. Um, they've been great. Also, Justina is the executive producer of that show. She was the one that really gave us our big break because two New Year's Eves ago, she booked us to host co-host the New Year's Eve special because she saw our videos on social media and thought we were so much fun and we could like be so good. Like we could like, we're a couple and we could like actually kiss on new year's versus like other people got to like be fake hugs and like handshakes. Like she gave us our big, like actual break. So like that whole ABC Windy city weekend family, they've been nothing but great to us. And we love them so, so much. And we're very thankful for their friendships. Okay. So what's uh, what's it like doing TV compared to radio? It's a different energy. Uh, I like it. I like it more. I really do. I think with, here's the deal with radio is that you're in like a box, right? You're looking in like a studio box and me and Dougie styles used to joke around about the fact of like, you know, it gets kind of boring in that box, but you forget every time you talk into the microphone that it's going to like millions of people, right? Like B96 back in its heyday had a lot of listeners. So like when we would talk, there were a lot of people that listened and I didn't feel that until we like got on stage at a jingle bash or whatever. And then we said, Hey, what's up with styles and Roman? And the crowd will go crazy. And I'm like, Oh wow. Yeah. They do listen to us when we're in that box talking with TV. There's no confusion. They have those cameras in front of you. There's that TV set. A lot of times the live studio audience, like you're, you're not fooled. Like, you know, it's a big deal as it's happening versus in radio where it's like, it seems like it's not a big deal because no one's there, but then it really is. You just kind of almost forget. So I like the energy better in TV. Um, I do love radio though, as well. I really do. Like, I think that eventually I think Kenzie and I will find a home together in the radio world. And I think that'll be really, really cool. Um, we want, we both want to do it all. Like, I mean, we both want to do radio, TV, podcasts. I mean, like we are, there's not much we'll say no to. And, um, you know, but there are different energies of TV and radio. I think her and I will both tell you that we do like TV better, but we do love radio still. Like we really do love radio. Yeah. And also, why did you start pod do a podcast and why did you just do it for a year? Um, <laughs> uh, we were strongly hinted that once that horrible PD left or got fired from US 99, that there was a path for us to get back to the morning show at US 99. And we were strongly hinted at, to do a podcast to kind of keep our chops fresh and to keep our material fresh. And, and so we did this podcast and put a lot of time and energy into the podcast um, with the expectation that it was going to get us back to do mornings at US 99. Um, and it was not to be. So then once it was officially not to be, I was like, all right, guys, I need to stop this. Cause I was, I was editing everything. Like it was a lot of work, man. And, and I don't mind doing it, but for me, it was a, it was, I was doing it for the end result. And when that end result didn't happen, I needed to take a break for a little bit and just like pull back, you know? Um, 
Yeah, so that's that's why that, that podcast. But you know, all the episodes are still up there. You can get them on Apple, Spotify, uh, whatever you, however you get your podcast. It's uh, it's called the Styles and Roman Uncensored Podcast. And if you really want to know the tea about why we left US ninety nine and all the juicy details, episode two is where we spill all that tea. And um, I said I was going to talk about it once, and I'll never do it again. And so um, it's all right there if you want to listen to it. But um, end of the day, like I honestly bounced into a better situation. I really did. But okay. Also, um, when you do the, when you, you know, when you were very popular with us, with styles and you met a listener, do they come up to you? They do. They do. Um, you know, I just feel like, I feel like radio was so different when we were doing radio and I, I, I feel old saying that, but I just feel like radio is so different now. Like now there are podcasts and Spotify and different things in your car. And like back when we were doing it, it was just radio. Like you wanted to hear your favorite song. You would literally put on B96 to hear the favorite song, you know? So I just feel like radio was a bigger deal altogether back when we were doing radio. And I think that, um, B96 had a bigger presence back then too, like all the concerts and all the events and all the live broad, we would broadcast live from high school football games every single Friday, Great America every single Wednesday. Um, I mean, I, I can go on and on about our live broadcast. We were always out and about doing stuff. Uh, so I think that because of that and because radio itself was a bigger deal, I feel like, you know, to this, listen, I've been off B96 for what, six, seven years. I really have. And there's not a, a, a public setting that I don't walk into that someone's like, oh, it's a B96 guy. And I'm like, and it's funny because when I was an intern and when I was working promotions, um, no, I take it back. When I was on the air, actually, people would come up all the time and be like, oh, we're, we're Eddie and Jobo at. And they had been off the air for seven years. But like the cycle of radio, like it's just like like Eddie and Jobo were synonymous with B96 and, and Styles and Roman are as well. So um, I think it was just the time period we were on the fact that there were few, fewer options of like getting music and streaming and, and podcast stuff. It was just a bigger deal. So yeah, I think I'm I will forever be synonymous with um with B96. And and hopefully we get to a point where you know I'm I'm more synonymous with like the MVP game or like our the Kenzie and Roman brand or our next radio projects and stuff like that. But honestly, my entire career, I'm not embarrassed of anything. If you knew me from my boy band days, thank you for following. If you knew me from radio, thank you for following. You know, if you knew me, there are people that knew me, that knew me from the Chicago Bulls games and that's fine. Like that's awesome too. You know, like, so I don't really care how you knew me or followed me and or, or supported me. I'm just thankful for the support that I was given through all phases of my career. You know, what's it like to be public now to be like a celebrity? I mean, you're like a local celebrity. What's it like? Cause a lot of us don't live like that. <laughs> It's awesome. And I, I think that, um, thank you for saying that, by the way, but I think that I'm at a good level and I've always been at a good level because like, I think it would be impossible. Like, I can't even imagine what like Justin Bieber goes through or Justin Timberlake goes through. You know, I, when I was a kid, when I first started the music career, I wanted so badly to be like the biggest thing in the world, you know? Why? Uh, because I idolized Michael Jackson and I was just like, I want to be the next Michael Jackson, you know, and I would write songs and I would like, I would, I would be I, I love music. You know, I really do. I mean, it's funny from radio and TV and all this stuff. Music is my first love. It always has been. I love writing songs. I just love, I just love music. I always have. And so I wanted to be like a big time um, uh, musician and a big, a, a famous one at that, you know, but I look at like Justin Bieber and like Justin Timberlake. I'm like, they can't go anywhere. Like they literally can't go anywhere. And listen, I'm not, I don't feel bad for them because their money and their bank accounts are great and, and they could do whatever they want and their kids, kids can do whatever they want. Like I, I don't feel bad for them, but I almost think like 
wow, that's got to be very claustrophobic at times. And I'm at a situation and I've been in a situation where like, yeah, some people know who I am because of the radio and the TV and the music, right? But some people don't. And I can walk into a shopping mall if those still exist, but I can walk into a mall and like, you know, have a good time and like bring my girl and we can go shopping and like not get mobbed by anybody. Yeah. Get recognized here and there. And that's great. And I'm, I've always been nice to everybody. I never turn anybody away, but also there are times like not get recognized and that's cool too. And doing radio is very crazy because like, you know, they don't see you. Right. So for a, a lot of times I, when I was single, I'd be out at the club and whatever. And like, you know, girls would come up to me and, and be like, oh, I heard you're on B96 or whatever, like say something. I'm like, what? And so I would talk and then their, their face would light up. They recognize the voice. Right. They, because and even back when we first started, like video wasn't even a thing. Like, you know, you weren't streaming and doing YouTube videos and stuff. Like it was just straight up radio, straight up our voices. So, um, I think that plays into it as well. We're like, you know, a lot of people might may recognize my voice, but not my face, maybe possibly. But also, regardless, just the level that I've been uh, blessed enough to be at here in Chicago is a very good level because I feel the love, but also I'm never overwhelmed by it. And um, yeah, it's a good balance. Yeah, because I read this thing about Jim. I'm really into, interested in celebrity, okay? The life of celebrities. But I read this thing about uh, Jim Carrey said that, you know, he if he goes somewhere, it's like, all the attention goes on him. It's like he yeah. sucks up all the atmosphere and he doesn't necessarily want to have that effect. So sometimes he just stays home a lot. Yeah. And yeah, and he kind of he kind of pulled away from the business for a while because of that, you know. And so um, and again, it's a weird thing of like, I don't really feel bad for certain because like Jim Carrey is loaded and like his family's family's family will be set forever because of that fame. Um, but it I'm sure it does get to be a lonely feeling and you're scrutinized, and especially now with social media. Like, I don't get it. Like, I, I there I don't really get negative comments. It's weird. Like, I, I and if I do, I have the thickest skin in the world, like I don't care, you know. I don't care what a, a Twitter troll with no public pro profile picture says about me if it's negative i don't care kenzie being a female she gets 99 positive comments on her social media you know i'm sure you've seen it you know oh, you're so hot great 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 you know it feeds your ego if anything but she might get one two three or four negative comments and it really bothers her and i'm like babe like like you're just focused on the all the positives you got like you know there are some miserable people out there that want to make you feel miserable you know and and so I, I do say not to be sexist but I, I think it's harder for women um and I feel bad for them because I, I see it with my own fiance like any negative comment she gets about her look or about her outfit or anything it really stays with her and really bothers her and I try to I try to like tell her like you need the you got you got to have thick skin in this business and also you got to have selective hearing because like you got so many positive comments and feedbacks, like focus on that, not some troll who's living in his mom's basement with like, you know, no profile picture. Like, I mean, like what you got to judge it, you know, like, well, how miserable are they to write miserable things and hateful things about you? You know, it's just, just brush it off, but it's easier said than done. And sometimes if you meet the people offline, you see that they're very meek and they're just a totally different way online and they're attacking you through that. Yeah. Keyboard warriors. You know, there are things that unfortunately different trolls will say online through a keyboard that they'll never say to you in person, you know, ever face to face. So um, whatever, again, I've got very thick skin. Um, I'm trying to teach Kenzie to, to have that thick skin as well, because uh, I mean, again, 99% of her feedback is so positive, but I, but I see it with her, like the one or two little negatives and it bothers her. Well, so also what you said, you mentioned your brand. What is your brand? Can you define uh, it? Uh, Kenzie and Roman? Yeah. Cause you said our we brand. have our brand. 
Yeah, I mean, well, it's 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 our TV stuff. It's our uh, future podcast stuff. It's our, I think, future radio stuff. It's like our brand is Kenzie and Roman now, where it's like we are, we call ourselves like media hosts, right? So um, fill in the blank, whatever that may be, whether it's TV on the Marquee Sports Network, on ABC7 Chicago, on Hulu. Um, we have some partnerships coming up with different companies that we're very excited about. We can't announce yet, but um if the brand is Kenzie and Roman, right? I mean, like, you know, the my brand guy, is what you do. It sounds like the brand is what you do. It's not, you yeah. don't have a brand like we're the happy couple or whatever. It's not. Oh, no, no. Honestly, we're just real. Like, so yeah. if, if I could say anything about us, we're real. Like we, we started by doing like videos online and like, we would just kind of talk about life. If we thought about something, we put it out there. If we disagreed about something, we put it out there and it wasn't always rosy. But it, we always got through it, you know, and I think people related to that. You know, there were just things that drove me crazy about her where like like when she would heat up something on the microwave and she wouldn't clear the timer. Like so it would just be stuck <laughs> on like 12 seconds. And I'm like, babe, can you just clear the timer? And like it, it sounds stupid, but we did that video. It was one of our biggest videos ever because everybody in a couple situation or even in a house, sister, mother, whatever, there always there's somebody who won't clear the timer. And there's always someone that gets so mad about that. So ultimately, like, it's just we do these real things that have that have happened in our relationship. And we broadcast them to the world and like people can relate to them. So I think our brand is being relatable. Our brand is being honest and our brand is being authentic. And that's kind of we've we've we do that in our TV shows. We do it and we're going to do it in our podcast coming up pretty soon. Uh, we do it every step of the way. It's authentic, real, um, couple stuff. Okay. And then also when you were a uh, single and you were doing all this media stuff, mm -hmm. what are some crazy things that you did that you regret? Because <laughs> you said you, cause you said you're going to be open about personal. I am. No, I am. Um, yeah. that I regret. Yeah. Or is there anything crazy that you did? You're like, yikes, why did I do that? I mean, so there are, there are two things that I'll tell you. The first thing isn't that bad, but it's like being a single guy who has had a, a pretty successful career here in Chicago. I never knew if a girl liked me for me or for my job. Right. So like if I was dating, I would always in the back of my head, I'm like, you know, she seems cool, but like, does she, would she date me if I was working at like Chase bank, you know, or is it because at the time, I'm Mr. Styles and Roman or whatever, whatever, whatever. Right. So that's one thing I always kind of like never fully understood. But the funny thing is not, not that I regret it, but just something that I, you're not going to believe that we did this when we first started on uh, B96 back in 2004, we're the night show and we we're like the wild and crazy night show. Right. Cause nights can be crazy. And again, this is 2004, so it's a different time, but we, we were launching our show and we were going to have giveaways for callers that called in. And we're trying to think about giveaways and I don't know how the powers that be approved this, but they approved us giving away styles and Roman thongs. And on the front of the thong, it says styles and Roman were here. And these were thongs and they were our biggest giveaways. People were calling nonstop. We do events and people wanted these. Like, I mean, they were the biggest things maybe B96 has ever given away in its history. Okay. But looking back, I mean, I mean, it's like 2004 is only like what, like, uh, or, uh, about 20 uh, years ago. 20, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it's just a whole different time. You could never do that now, you know. And and I think about it even as a as a father now. I'm like, oh, I can't even imagine if I had a daughter and she came home with one of those things. Like, I'd be so mad, right? But like, it was wild. It was crazy. It was something that for that moment, it totally worked. It was totally great. 
but I just can't, even our, our when I was still cool with everybody, like our, our bosses were like, I can't believe that we approved you guys to have styles and Roman thongs, but they did. And they were a big hit back then. There are certain things that people got away with various. Oh, totally. Yeah, and, and here's the deal is we never took ourselves too seriously. Like we were always like, we were always nice and respectful to people and, you know, guys and girls and everything. It's just like, the language that we used and some of the movie quotes that we played and then those songs, like there's just things that you could never get away with doing, you know, radio in 2023 that we got away with in 20, 2004. Right. And that's just how life has evolved. Radio, TV, comedy, it just evolved that way. Right. So um, the fact that we were on the air for 15 years and never fired for anything stupid that we did in the past, I said, it's a pretty big win. Cause we, we were crazy back in those night show days. And especially, you know, in a major market. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, but yeah, thankfully nothing ever, nothing. We never got fired over anything that we'd said or did or anything, even though we maybe probably should have. <laughs> okay. So anything else you want to share that we haven't hit on? I feel like we hit on a lot. I just want to say anybody who is listening to this and has been supportive of anything I've ever done in my life, just thank you. I'm a very uh, thankful and grateful person. And I feel like you know, there is some of the coolest things that happen on my Instagram is that like somebody from 20 years ago uh, would po- post like a, a CD they bought of mine with the song Eyes Closed So Tight and they put it on their story. And I just I sit back and I smile, you know, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, like that, like the stuff that I did affected people, you know, in, in, in positive ways. And there was one girl who I, I she, she put that song on her story and I reshared it and everything. And I'm like, thank you so much. You, you made my day. And she wrote this like long thing about you don't understand how much your music meant to me and to my friends. And and she wrote this like really, really nice thing. I had like a tear in my eye. I was like, like, wow, you know, and, and I've I've done that through music, um, through radio, and 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 it's just like it's really cool. And I just bottom line, I want to say thank you to anybody who supported me in the past. Um, even new supporters with our TV show, like you know, our TV show does not get to a season number two if people aren't supporting it and checking for it and promoting it and sharing it. Um, so just just thank you. I'm I'm a very listen, I've I've had a great career, it's not over yet, but I'm only here because people have supported me throughout every single phase. So just basically thank you to anybody who has supported me and and, and um yeah, thank you. Let me know what you think. Email me at margaret at radiogirl.us. You can also call or text me at 716-202-TALK. That's 8255. And like the Radio Girl Facebook page. You can find out about who's coming up next, see pictures, listen to audio, and more.